0: Hey everyone, today's episode is from my keynote at the Grow for God conference earlier this year. You're gonna learn about the importance of maintaining your faith and how to add value to your life and everyone around you. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook. I do believe that God allows us to grow and everything's growing, expanding and accelerating. And we're just catching up. And I think that your relationship to God and mine's changed throughout my journey is so important. My relationship with God, I'm already choking up. When I was little, was one of punishment. I grew up poor, single mom. My dad left when I was five. My mom worked two jobs, packed my dinner in a paper bag, just so we could eat. Um, Even though I grew up happy, I felt that all the things I didn't have was a punishment that I was a victim in some way. I was actually molested as a nine-year-old. I, you know, so many difficult things. And my relationship with God was that I was doing something wrong. And so I worked really hard to do the right thing and thought if I did the right thing, the punishment would stop, the pain, the mistakes, Setbacks, the failures. It would stop. Not just for me, but more importantly, my mom. I thought if I just I could outwork anyone, if I could just work really hard and buy my mom a house and a car, all the pain would go away, and money would buy that for me. So my relationship would be a reward for doing right thing for doing my best for listening to my mom all the lessons that she taught me and i lived in this world that was not enough there just wasn't enough for me for my mom for my siblings and so i stuck to this idea of doing my best of enjoying the consistent everyday persistent without quit pursuit of my own potential But I thought my own potential was dictated by other people, by what my mom would tell me, doctor, lawyer, or failure, or what other people could tell me. I wanted to play football in college and nobody ever believed I could. But I continued to work through believing in what I wanted and lo and behold, I moved into a new world. I graduated law school and took a job in the internet in 1992. Uh, In fact, the internet was so early in 1992, some of you are too young to even know this, but my mom, when I actually asked her, this is the woman that I live for, my mom actually told me the internet was a fad. It was a scam. It never was going to work. And then unless I was a real lawyer, I was making the biggest mistake of my life, which is a valuable lesson that I teach a lot of times, not at the God to Grow conference, but a lesson of just because somebody loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. In fact, it was the first indication to me of the ignorance that we have. I always say there's two types of people. There's ignorant people and there's ignorant people. There's ignorant, humble people that know they don't know what they don't know. And then there's ignorant, arrogant people that know they don't know what they don't know but pretend like they do. And they give us their advice as if they're certain, if they're credible. And I used to think that only ignorant, arrogant people were people that oversold, back-end sold, lied, manipulated, and cheated us, and that people who loved us would never be ignorant and arrogant. And in fact, I think until I was a parent myself, I didn't realize that the majority of people that are ignorant and arrogant are ignorant and arrogant out of fear and love, not out of punishment. And we care so much about other people that we want the best of them, and so we pretend like we know what's best for them because we're so afraid for them. So we'll make decisions for them. We'll give them advice that isn't to propel them, but it's to punish them, protect them from themselves, from their potential. So when I graduated law school, I ended up taking the job in the Internet. Nine months out of law school, I entered a new world and a new relationship with God. I was a millionaire. I bought my mom a house. I bought her a car, and I had a relationship with God that said, I don't need you. I'll do this myself. I know what I need to do. All I gotta do is continue to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of what I want, and money will continue to buy me love and happiness and everything that I thought was missing. I lived in a world that was not not enough, where there wasn't enough of anything, I lived in a world of just enough, just enough of everything for me. And I thought it was a positive world because I live by a motto, the more I give, the more I receive. And I lived with this false enthusiasm and joy that I was defined by my bank account. Three years after I got out of law school as a millionaire, we sold our first company for $3.4 billion in 1995. There's somebody that was old enough to know what that meant in 1995. <laughs> Everybody else is like, so what? $3.5 billion? Who doesn't make that? Uh, right? <laughs> that was a lot of money in 1995. Everything from the time I was 24 years old and a millionaire reaffirmed my relationship with God. And that was that I didn't need him. Because everything was amazing. It just reaffirmed. As long as I had enough money, I could buy whatever I wanted. If things weren't good, I'd just buy different things or more things. I'd buy things to impress people all the time to be happy. I'd buy things to impress people I didn't even like to be happy. Even in my personal life, I felt as if my relationship with my mom was closer than ever because I bought her a house and a car because I made so much money because she was so proud of me because of how much money I had made. Even though all my siblings were doctors and lawyers and went to Harvard, Penn, Columbia, were extremely intelligent, passionate, purposeful people, I felt as if there was no way my mom could love them more than me, because I was far richer than they were, and I was the one that bought her a house and a car. When I was 30 years old, living in the world of just enough, um, I married my dream girl. And I met her in the fourth grade. She skateboarded by my house. And I immediately, at four, had an infatuation with her. So at sixth grade camp, I asked my best friend Robbie to ask her to go steady for me. I was really brave back then. (laughs) And in front of everyone, she's like, no. Tell him to ask me himself. And he yelled out in front of everyone, dude, she said no. Embarrassed me. So I threw an egg at her, hit her in the back of the head. (laughs) I continued, I threw rocks at her the next year, asked her why her friends were prettier than her. So, uh, and I adored her though. And uh, Even though we have three daughters, she doesn't believe that I adored her back in. So even marrying her when I was 30, I thought for sure it had to be the fact that money bought that love, that I had everything. Now, I never told you that. And I will tell you when I say this on stage, she hates it. Uh, But that's the way that I felt. At 30 years old, my dad gave me a present. He gave me a jacket, just like this. He gave me a jacket. Now, I didn't talk to my dad for 20 years. He, he was my hero at five. He was my zero at 10. Not just because he forgot my birthday at 10, but because he told me he didn't believe in birthdays. That was his excuse. I wasn't that stupid. So I knew my dad was a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, a back-end seller, an overseller, and I hated him. But he gave me this jacket, And I was so excited to get it at 30. Here, once again, everything was perfect in my life because of all this money. So I put the jacket on it fit perfectly. But he had torn out all the pockets. So I went from ecstatic joy that I was going to have a relationship with my father to one of hate again. And I called him and asked him, why was he punishing me? Why would you give me a jacket I can't wear? And he said, because I want you to know you're just like me. I said, ah, I'm nothing like you. He said, David, money will not buy you love or happiness. It won't buy you, you cannot be the richest man in the cemetery. That jacket is not for wearing. It's to hang in your closet to remind me, to remind you you're just like me. I wasn't ready to hear that. So I told him, I'm nothing like you. You're a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, overseller, back-end seller. I hate you. Six years later... I had even more money. I was running Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, which is the most notable sports agency in the world. They had just done the movie Jerry Maguire about our firm. And I now had three daughters under six years old, beautiful wife. I had a golf course, a ski mountain, many homes, but I also had access to everything which was even more valuable than the money. I could go to the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, the Masters, Kentucky Derby, Breeders' Cup, Espy, Emmys, Oscars, Grammys, with the biggest names in sports and entertainment, billionaires, millionaires. And I was so unhappy. I didn't have a relationship with God. I made all this happen. I had everything I ever dreamed of. And actually, I'm one of those people that took for granted what not only other people wished for, but what I had wished for. Everything I ever dreamed of. And I asked my friend, Rob, the same guy that asked my wife to go study. He'd been my friend since the fourth grade. Do you wanna to go to the master's with me? We're gonna to go to the cabin with Curtis Strange and Joe Montana's NetJet party. And he instantly said, no. I said, Rob, why don't you go with me? He said, Dave, because I don't like what you're doing. And I don't like who you hang out with and I don't wanna be around it. I said, come on, Rob, I'm not doing what those other guys are doing. He said, Dave, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. Two weeks later, my relationship with God would change forever. I uh, went to the Grammy Awards with a rapper named Little John. And I had lied to my wife and told her I had a business meeting. She asked me to not go because I wasn't paying attention to the family or to my job. And she was worried about how much I was partying. So I came home at 5.30 in the morning and my mom was waiting, for my mom, before I didn't slip. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, exactly. I've been married 24 years. Uh, (laughs) She was waiting for me to tell me that she was leaving me and she wasn't happy. I was furious. I wasn't ready to hear it. I said, what are you talking about? Look around you. Who do you think made this happen? The cars, the nannies, the houses, the planes, the boats. Who made this happen? How dare you even tell me you're not happy? I was so upset, and I went to bed even more upset, and I woke up in the morning thinking, how am I going to take her happiness from her I'll take her money I'll take our houses I'll take everything and as I'm thinking about it with that relationship of me and my relationship with God I looked over and there was this jacket I looked at it started to cry I thought to myself man I don't hate my wife do not hate my dad I hated myself I hated myself because I was a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, an overseller, a back-end seller. So I did what my wife said. I took stock in who I was, what I wanted to become. And I realized that I had been trying to find happiness. I've been trying to find wealth. I've been trying to find worthiness and health. And I already had it. I already had it because... I was connected to and through the greatest source of power, the greatest source of light, love, and lessons that ever existed, an omniscient, all-powerful, almighty being that knew every single thing. Not an ignorant being, but an omniscient, all-loving being that cared as much about me that I cared about my children or my mom cared about me, except for it knew everything. So every time there was pain, setbacks, failures, mistakes in my life, And I saw it as punishment, a necessity to do more, to resist more, to go over it, under it, through it, around it at all costs, to lie to it, cheat to it, manipulate it, oversell it, back end sell it. I shifted my paradigm and said, through my relationship with this all-powerful omniscient being, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I'm worthy, and I am happy, what am I doing to interfere with it? Every time I had pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes, and I had plenty after that, I was no longer punished. I was protected. I was protected the same way when I was three years old and I saw a campfire and I went to put my hand in the campfire and my mom, who loves me more than anyone, in fact, my wife always said, you know, Dave, the mistake your mom made with you is she never hit you. Well, she did when I tried to put my hand in that fire and she screamed at me and I thought to myself, why is she punishing me? That's exactly what God does to you every day. He's not punishing you. He's protecting you. He's propelling you to a better place, a better situation, making your situation better. He's telling you to learn the lessons of life so the pain will stop because the lessons will keep on coming, the pain, until you learn it, and the pain will go away when you learn the lesson. Your relationship with God cannot be one of being a victim, and it cannot be be one of being alone and doing it yourself. It's one of abundance. It's one of more than enough of everything for everyone. You are already happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? Two years later, I lost everything, over a hundred million dollars, and I was never happier. I went from all those homes, all the stuff, to a rented house with rented furniture and one car, three daughters under 10 at the time, and a pregnant wife with my son, and I was never happier because I wasn't afraid. I knew, I still do. I know what I'm connected to and through. Every time that pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes occur in my life, I remind myself, remember, and recollect to what I'm connected to and through. An omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing being that cares more about me than I care about my own children. What more do I have to believe? So through all the business talks that I do and thought leader things that I do, it comes down to two simple things. To live in a world of limitlessness and infinity. To truly have faith that there's more than enough for you and everyone else to live in true gratitude, to have the perspective that there's light, love, and lessons in everything, and I need to forgive myself to forgive others. I have to be accountable to live in a world of liability where everything is attracted to me, and what am I supposed to learn from it? Whether I determine it to be good or bad is up to me. I keep meaning to everything I see inside of me to see what's outside of me. I can only see the higher light through this relationship of abundance of all-knowing, all, knowing all knowing, all-powerful, omniscient, there is more than enough of everything for everyone. And through gratitude and forgiveness, accountability, I went from being motivated to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun, to being inspired, to living in spirit, where there's three simple steps. One, I learned to appreciate what I had. When I appreciate what I have, It adds value to it. That's what appreciation means. I know all your homes have appreciated in the last year. They've expanded. To acknowledge what I have beyond appreciation, the only way you can acknowledge what you have to acquire the knowledge is to give it away. So my mom was right. The more you give, the more you receive. But where most people fail in their relationship to the everything, to the all-knowing, omniscient, abundant source... God, is they forget to ask. If you forget to ask, all that appreciation and acknowledgement dissipates, dissolves, and I see so many moms in the world do this. They do everything for their children and they give away their health, they give away their wealth, and then their children have to help them with their health and their wealth is the last thing that they want. So you have to learn to ask. So when you appreciate something and expand it and you acknowledge it by giving it away, then ask for more, more than enough, so you can give more away. And if you do this, appreciate, acknowledge, and ask, I promise you, your relationship with the omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful, be the one that you want. You are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. You'll do very little to interfere with it. You will make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and be very happy, and if you guys are happy, I'll be happy, thank you so much.